Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, addressing the increasing demand for single-use technologies and supply chain shortages with future-proof systems. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Phil Sanders, Biotech Chief Innovation Officer at Agilitech. Phil has over 30 years of experience in process engineering, automation, and systems integration with specialized expertise in the biotech industry, including related FDA and other regulatory requirements. Before joining Agilitech, Phil served in senior management positions at both startups and industry-leading companies. Throughout his career, he has successfully guided and motivated cross-functional teams consisting of operations, sales, project management, R&D, and other personnel driving organizations to success by mentoring and motivating others to produce results while minimizing risk. So I wanted to start the conversation today by talking about the kinds of challenges the industry is facing with respect to single-use systems and increasing demand. Could you comment on that? Yeah, you know, supply issues are a real problem, and not only with the single-use assemblies, but also with instrument components or sensors. There's a lot of end users that are seeing very long delivery times from a lot of the larger equipment vendors. And the vendors can often deliver equipment within a couple of months. But the reality is that the consumables can take sometimes 12 to 14 months, depending on how complex the solution is. So, you know, you have to ask yourself, how good is the equipment if you can't use it? And then we also hear from from our customers that they experience a very slow response when it comes to getting quotes or service requests for single-use systems. Because even if they purchase the equipment and it goes into production, you know, sometimes getting support for that can take months. And so this is impacting a lot of smaller companies because the larger equipment vendors have been really focused on the production of COVID-19 vaccines and therapeutics. And so for smaller biotech companies and CMOs, sometimes getting that needed support can be difficult when it comes to single use. And then larger equipment vendors they have single source supply chains because of their proprietary solutions. And so a lot of times their supply sources can be the reason that they're delayed because it comes down to one single component. And then we also find that a lot of single-use vendors are not really tooled up for this increased demand. And, you know, they just don't have the facilities and, and they really don't even have the workforce necessary to reduce their delivery times. I'm so glad you brought COVID up. Obviously, that's a huge reason for a lot of the supply chain issues. It's affected so many different areas. It's strained supply chains across multiple industries, including ours. I'm curious to ask you, how has it impacted single-use technologies directly, do you think? Well, I think from the customer's perspective, it, it's hurt their perception of using single-use as a solution. In fact, I've talked to some customers that are debating whether or not it's really the right technology to pursue. Um, if their deliveries don't allow for faster times to market. Some end users are looking at reusable technology for some smaller applications. And this sometimes is true with the CMOs because they have contract opportunities that are dependent on getting their product to market quickly. And so it really has begun to hurt uh, the perception of single use. That's so unfortunate. Single use technology was such an innovation and has become such an important tool for companies, particularly CMOs, as you mentioned, to be able to deliver on those quick turnaround times. And so it's unfortunate that these supply chain issues have affected its perception in the industry. Which companies do you think are most at risk of experiencing supply chain shortages and delays? 
I think obviously it's the smaller companies, right? It's the smaller CDMO or the smaller CMO and R&D facilities that are not tied to project warp speed. They're the ones that are kind of suffering. And then the vendors who have geared their solutions to that single source supply chain, they're also at risk there because it makes it harder for them to get deliveries in a time frame that customers are looking for. For companies that are in this situation, the smaller companies uh, and the CDMOs that are not tied to Project Warp Speed, for those companies, how do you think that these supply challenges can be addressed in the near and long term? Because it doesn't look like magically we're going to need to stop creating products to address COVID or obviously other therapeutics that are needed on a daily and ongoing basis. What can we do really to address this issue? From my perspective as a vendor, the near term to me is to be able to provide equipment designs that are less proprietary and and more open or agnostic so that multiple vendors can be leveraged to be able to provide a solution because this ultimately leads to quicker deliveries. I think in the long term, you know, my recommendation to customers is don't get locked into some kind of proprietary solution that creates this single source of supply, especially for your consumables, because that's what kills you. If you if you can have your equipment, but if you're locked into some kind of delivery around certain components, it can increase those challenges of getting the delivery on time. You mentioned being brand agnostic, and I think that's something that as an industry we've talked about for some time. Certainly, with the need to address the issue of single source in the supply chain, that comes up quite a bit. Can you explain for listeners who aren't familiar with that concept a little bit more about what the term means and what are the benefits of being more brand agnostic? Being brand agnostic, for me, it allows us to look at multiple vendors to provide that best-in-class component for specific applications. So we're not tied to any specific component or vendor. And what this does is it allows us to make that entire solution best in class. And then we can truly fit it for that customer's unique process that they have. And really the benefits of being brand agnostic, it comes in reducing that delivery time of that system along with the consumables. So using alternative components that may be fixed on the piece of equipment that can have quicker deliveries, but are still best in class using alternative single-use consumables that are still best-in-class that have quicker deliveries. No piece of equipment brings value if the consumables are delayed. Even if you can stage those deliveries of consumables so that they arrive maybe monthly um, so that that system can get online faster and you start producing. That makes a lot of sense. Particularly, another area where uh, being brand agnostic could be a benefit is, as you mentioned, in designing a fit-for-purpose system. But I wanted to kind of clarify because fit-for-purpose can mean quite a few things. It can mean a platform system designed for a specific application. But what you do at Agilitech is completely customized, truly fit-for-purpose. Can you describe how you address fit for purpose with your system and how it is different than, you know, sort of a platform system for an application? We understand that every customer's application is different in some form or fashion. So we work with that customer up front to understand issues and concerns, as well as short-term and long-term vision. And then after we have a clear understanding of what their needs are now and where they're headed, then we can take our standard product design and modify it to their exact needs. And that eliminates any work on the back end to integrate the equipment into their existing process. So our 
Our designs can be 100% or they can be 90% or they can be 80% based upon the customer's application. And then this allows the customer to start his runs as soon as the system is installed and tested, which equates to faster production and, and actually minimizes cost overall. So by being agnostic in our approach, we're not limited to the same supply chain constraints that a lot of other vendors are. And if we have an issue with delivery of a specific component or sensor, we can pivot immediately to a different vendor with quicker deliveries without any effect on the design or the delivery of the system. And then it also allows customers who have long-term relationships with specific vendors to leverage that relationship for better pricing, as well as not needing to maintain a lot of different components for their on-site inventory. I really like your fully customizable approach. I think it's unique in the industry and it's a great way to address some of the issues that you've talked about. Would you be able to provide an example of a customer problem and how you use the approach to provide a solution? I think it'd be great to hear about a real life example of using this fully customizable approach. And one customer that we had, they were interested in a single-use chromatography system that was different than our standard design. So it, it included a bubble trap as well as four filters in parallel rather than our standard design of two filters. So we accommodated the design by linking the skid a little bit to allow for more filters. But because of some areas of getting through a, a specific door to get the equipment inside the clean room, it required us to split the skid so they were able to, to get it through that door. And all of this design was remodeled using 3D software and was designed and approved in less than three weeks. And then we had another customer who was using an existing flat sheet TFF system. But due to the increased viscosity of the product, they needed to switch to hollow fiber filters. So we took another design that we had and we modified it to adapt to the hollow fiber filter. And then once we shared the 3D model with them, they asked if we had even modified the design further to accommodate even the next size filter for future growth that they were that they were looking at. And so we adapted the design so that the same tubing set could be used for both filters and then just a small adaption kit when they used the smaller filter. And so all of this design process took less than four weeks. One of the things that I think sometimes we miss and, and why I really like hearing about these examples is that... It's important to recognize that these bioprocesses can be very unique depending on the therapeutic, the quality constraints or conditions or requirements. These sort of generic production systems don't always work for every therapeutic out there. And so hearing about these different situations where a customer might need a very specific process and the inability for them to maybe create that process on their own it really highlights the need for a customizable option for some of these more challenging therapeutics or even for some of these more challenging processes. It really leads into my next point and question, which is the industry is always evolving and changing. And with it, of course, manufacturing systems must change as well. How can we guard against systems that can't evolve as needed? Because I think this change and this constant evolution isn't going to go anywhere in our industry, um, but it would be nice if we could somehow anticipate the need for that change and create systems that can move and flow with the industry. Yeah, I think that's a great question because to me, it starts with the approach. It's really trying to understand the customer's short-term goals and then the long-term goals, as well as what they see as current constraints so that you know this helps us find the right solution. Uh, having answers to these questions. And so usually 
there's two questions that I ask customers, and this always helps me understand what kind of options we want to bring back to the table. And the first one is, what does success look like to you? Because then we end up with that final vision. And then what's your biggest fear, which helps us understand what hurdles they see in, in getting that solution in place. And so when we hear the answers to those questions, we usually know what features of the system that we need to focus on and what kind of flexibility that needs to be included in the solution. For example, providing a system that could be scalable so the customer doesn't have to buy a whole new skidded solution just because they need to scale up from a quarter-inch tubing flow path to a, a half-inch tubing flow path system. So we've designed single-use technology to accommodate that scale-up using scalable skid solutions. And so it not only streamlines and accelerates that scale-up process, but ultimately it eliminates the need for the customer to have to buy a whole new second skid. And then I think critical to that, too, is having solutions that are based on open architecture control systems. That means that they're, they're not systems that are proprietary. They're not locked down and can actually be supported by the customer's in-house automation teams at times. So giving those customers the flexibility to go from a, a standalone control capability, even to a distributed control architecture in the future, is important as that company grows and begins to scale up. And then giving the customers the ability to move from manual to fully automated control is also important because, you know, a customer, they may want to start out with just manual control as they work through their process development and then ultimately grow into that capability of fully automated recipe or batch controlled solutions as time goes by. So, you know, it's these things that can be critical for success. And also, I think is important is that it reduces that capex spending up front because you're only purchasing what you need at the time, but it's got the building blocks for growing as the company grows. So this type of flexibility, it allows for integration into other systems. It allows for additional analytical equipment to be brought into the control system. And ultimately the goal there is how do you have better control with better product yield? That's all really important points. I thank you so much for the discussion today, because I think that this topic is uh, one that's really important for us to continue to discuss within the industry how do we continue to evolve? How do we make sure that our solutions are customizable to what the process demands? And also, how do we make sure that uh, we create processes that can be flexible and evolve with demands and needs down the road? So I really thank you so much for coming and talking about this today. Before we say goodbye, uh, I'd like to just ask, is there anything else that you would like to add for our listeners before we sign off? I think the one thing I would add there is that a lot of times when we talk with customers and we mention flexibility, we talk about customization, a lot of times they associate those terms with higher costs. But actually, our approach to the solution is really much more cost effective than other vendors. We start by developing that 3D model up front as part of that pre-sales process. And when it comes time to provide the proposal, we're assured that all expectations are aligned between us and the customer which provides them with the most cost-effective solution. And so this means there's not any unnecessary components, there's not a bunch of bells and whistles that you're paying for that aren't needed. And it also means that since we know what the long-term and the near-term goals are, we built in as much capability for that scale-up as possible, which reduces that total cost of ownership. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. This has been such an informative conversation, and I thank you for coming. Thank you, Brandy, for having me. 
Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To listen to other podcasts related to the discovery, development, and manufacture of biologics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com. And for downstream process topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.